0: on Sundays or what you believe, I don't know if you're like me, like, what do I do daily? What should be my focus daily? Like, now that I'm a Christian, what do I do? We've just gone through the beginning verses of chapter 5 in Ephesus. Can I just remind you what we're talking about? We're talking about this city right here, Ephesus, right on the Aegean Sea, just down from Rome, the third largest city in the Roman Empire, a church that the Apostle Paul started, left in the hands of Timothy, a church that is going gangbusters. It is changing lives, changing families. And now he comes back to, let me show you daily what it means to truly be a Christian. And now we get to, so here's what you're supposed to do. Because of what God once again has done for us, and please, please, get that, get that, get that. Everything I do is a response because of what he has already done. This is just my way of saying and honoring God because of the price you paid for me, because of your love, because of grace, because of mercy, because of a life in abundance I could never deserve or live up to. Now, he says, how is it done? Watch the following verses. Verse 18. So do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, instead be filled with the spirit he goes so let me tell you don't go back to an old lifestyle don't go back to the darkness of your old lifestyle you're now children of light instead follow god's will make the most of every day on a daily basis what god's will is what is that he goes be filled with the spirit don't get drunk It's funny that even an old-fashioned word, even here in the States, for for liquor was spirits. Uh, That's a place that sells spirits. I love that the Bible contrasts being drunk with alcohol and being filled with the Spirit. If you've ever been around someone who's drunk, don't raise your hand, don't nod. If you've ever been around someone that's drunk, it's easy to tell when someone has too much alcohol, their speech, their conduct, their character, their ability to walk in a straight line and make complete sentences. It gives it away. In contrast with that, he says it should be the same with Christians. You should be filled with the spirit to where your character, your conduct, how you walk, your speech gives it away. The spirit of God should change your words, your verbiage, how you treat each other. You should be a blessing in your conversation. Your walk is now one that is filled with the Spirit of God because every day you set your mind and your heart to the Spirit of God.
1: Let's pray. Father, we're excited to come today. We love meeting together as community and worshiping. We love the opportunity of opening up your word and look forward to what your Spirit's going to do in our lives. And yet, Lord, we come to a portion of Scripture that is not only critical for us to understand, but if we want to be on mission, if we want to live abundantly, we're going to need to hear your words today. So, Lord, in spite of... I guess the obstacles that have come this last week, or the joys, or even as so many of us look forward to the holidays, I pray, dear God, that you would ignite us this day. Lord, we pray for other churches who are teaching your word and worshiping you with all of their hearts. I pray Lord, for life bridge and for life spring and for new hope. And we ask Father, that today, especially, you would work in them and through them and feed their congregations, so that all of us might be salt and light wherever you send us. So today again, Father, we, we ask you to open our eyes. May we leave different people. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Paul started this church at Ephesus. And when he started it, the apostles stayed there three years longer than any other place. And he set up elders, and he set up the church, and he taught them. And and again, I've, I've shared with you, imagine having the Apostle Paul be your teacher. The one who literally walked with God for so long. Wrote so much of our New Testament. And so he spent time there. But at this moment, when he wrote this letter... He was in prison. And he wrote some other letters, Ephesians and Colossians and Philippians and Philemon. And you would think if you're in prison, most of us would probably be feeling sorry for ourselves, or most of us would have some regrets because we're there. But Paul had a little different perspective. He redeemed the time. And I want you to remember that term because I'm going to come back to it. And he wrote some letters to encourage some brothers and sisters in the Lord. Many of the Ephesian believers we know were pretty mature. And and again, let me just describe to you what mature is. It's a person that not only knows about God or knows about the scriptures, but they literally obey God. And they're listening to God. And they're thriving. And we know that so many of these Ephesian believers were that kind in fact the way i look at it is i would love to have that reputation for myself and even for our church a church filled with those that love god and are mature spiritually yet paul surprises us by focusing on basics or foundational truths for the first three chapters If you've been with us in this series, he shared with us about our standing and how wonderful salvation is and all the different blessings that we receive because we're his kids and how much grace and mercy he's dumped on us and how the cross has literally united Jew and Greek, which to us wasn't that big of a deal, but it was taking two people groups that literally despised each other. But because of Jesus, they've come together. His prayers in the first three chapters surprise us, because these are mature people. You're thinking, like, why would Paul pray this way? But he, he prayed that the Ephesian church would grow in their knowledge of God and in wisdom. He prayed that they would understand their hope for the future and that they would literally experience God's power and love. In other words, you have been graced, Paul said. You've seen the artwork. You see it on your bulletin. And understanding, when we understand all that God has done for us, first three chapters... The second three, chapters four, five, and six. Tell us what gracing looks like. You have been given so much, now give it away. It's been the theme of most of Paul's letters, and it's the theme here. He's he's asking us because of who you are, walk worthy, be humble, gentle, patient with others, and don't fight. Be unified. Learn from Jesus. And even last week, imitate Jesus. In other words, love and forgive others like Jesus loved and forgave others. We're given all the way through the book some hints on how to do this. And some of you left last week ignited. Some of you left burdened. How how do I do that? I desire to do that. I want to do that. I want to make an impact. I I want to be on mission with God. But how do I do that? Well, today, the text actually is short today. and, And the text is going to focus and begin to give us some insight on how to do that, how to live abundantly, Well, I've asked my brother Dave. He's down in the area. And uh, some of you know Dave from last year. A couple times he was able to come and speak and share his heart with us. Uh, But I've asked him to read our scripture today. So if you can turn your flat screens on or turn your Bibles over to Ephesians chapter 5. If you don't have the text, you can follow Dave as he reads up on the screen.
0: Ephesians five fifteen to 20. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord in your hearts and give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ.
1: I'm going to jump right to verse 18 because verse 18 is critical for every one of us to understand. Let me read it again. Don't be drunk with wine. Because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Wow, this is critical for us to understand. That, that Paul is exhorting. Paul is commanding. And it's for good reason. Again, let me remind you that Paul is addressing the church all the imperatives, all the commands in this section are all in the second person plural. So if I could say it again a different way, and I'm from the south because it will help. Y'all, all right, don't be drunk with wine. The whole church. Y'all be drunk with the Holy Spirit. <laughs> wait 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 wait. Uh, well, just like being filled with wine affects your thinking and your actions, being filled or controlled by the Spirit affects your actions and your thinking. So Paul's really bold, and he says this: Church, Ephesian Church. Crosspoint church, be filled with the Spirit. Now, I'm gonna make a statement. It's a statement I'd love for you to think about. It's a statement that might shake you up. But let me say it this way there is no greater command for a believer than being filled. With the Spirit. There is nothing more important for you or me to listen to. Be filled with the Spirit. Think about that for a moment. Christians who are not filled with the Spirit exist rather than thrive and they live in spiritual weakness and defeat if I were to pick one topic over the years that I've been pastor this would be it and let me set it up for you Rick, pastor, whatever you want to call me I just want you to know this Christian life stinks. <laughs> Are you blaming me? <laughs> what do you want? A cup of coffee? Let's talk. Most of the time, what happens? And I don't have to even judge in a way, but most of the time, it's you know what? I'm performing. I'm trying to get to know God. You know, I'm doing service. I'm tired. I'm getting crabby. I'm not really displaying any of the fruit of the Spirit. This Christian life on my own, they don't say that part, really stinks. And I want you to know, it does. It does. There isn't any way we can love like Jesus loved or forgive like Jesus forgave. There's no way unless we are filled with the Spirit and the Spirit gives us power and and the ability to do that. So all the things that Paul talks about or that Jesus talked about in the Sermon on the Mount and many of his other sermons, if we are not filled with the Spirit, We're incapable of doing what he asks. Now let me start off by sharing what being filled with the Spirit is not. First of all, it's not a sudden, energized, esoteric experience which precedes salvation. Nor is it purely a cognitive experience that doesn't affect our behavior. it is not the same as being sealed by the Spirit or being indwelt by the Spirit or being baptized in the Spirit. Because all these things happen immediately when you come to faith. When you come to a place in your life and you recognize you need a Savior, you're sinful, you've been separated from God because of your acts and your thoughts, and you finally come and recognize that that's why God loved us so much. He sent his son. Jesus spread his arms. The blood was spilt. And by putting our faith and trust in him, we reestablish a relationship. And at that time, at that time, we are baptized in the Spirit indwelt by the Spirit, sealed by the Spirit. And some of you, again, saying, whoa, are, are we going to... That's another sermon or ten. Okay. And we'd love to chat with you if some of you are confused about this. But the truth is, we're focusing on one command today, and that is being filled with the Spirit. Now, what is fi- What does it mean to be filled with the Spirit? Literally, it's a day-by-day, moment-by-moment submission to the Spirit's control. Now bear with me a little bit, and and I'm not going to try to put on my professor hat here. I I am going to still try to pastor and shepherd as we talk about this, but this is really, really important. And some of you are going to say, you know what, that's way beyond me. I don't need to understand everything. I, I think you do. It will change the way you live and the way you think and the way you operate. But that's my opinion as I read God's Word. One of the commentators, as I was studying for this week, said this, Filling in this context is in the present imperative which indicates repeated action of the filling of the Spirit. It happens over and over and over again. Filling in this context is also in the imperative mood which means it's a responsibility of believers to do it. And then filling, he goes on and says, is in the passive voice which suggests that believers cannot fill themselves. Thus believers are instructed to be filled repeatedly by the Holy Spirit wherever they are or amidst whatever they are doing. Bear with me just a little longer here because I think it will be important again as we look at how this happens. Paul uses a Greek word, and the Greek word is role. Now, that doesn't mean much, except let me say this. When Paul uses this word, it helps us understand actually what filling is. There's three aspects to this Greek word. Someone would use plero if they were talking about the wind filling a sail. And so in some ways we get this idea that when we're filled with the spirit it fills our sails and gives us energy and propels each one of us forward. The second way that plero is used it carries the idea of permeate or permeation. The way that salt permeates meat It's often how it would be used. And it would be done in order to flavor it and to preserve it. So again, there's this idea that the Holy Spirit is going to permeate every part of our life. And it's going to, again, give us flavor and preserve our lives as we listen to this Spirit. And lastly... Play a row has a connotation of total control. It's used often of someone who is filled with grief or filled with sorrow, can hardly breathe, can hardly control themselves. Perhaps it's at a funeral or it's learned of some death of a loved one and, and it just overwhelms you. You can't drive, you can't eat, you can't do anything. You're just absolutely sobbing. And that, again, is this control, total control. Now, Paul says this, I think, in a different way. And some of you um, understand when he wrote Galatians and the purpose of Galatians. But he said almost the same thing in Galatians chapter 5, verses 16 and 17. And Paul says this, So I say to the Galatians, Let the Holy Spirit guide your lives, or walk with the Holy Spirit, literally. Walk by means of the Holy Spirit. As you do life, as you walk every day, you're going to be so sensitive to what the Holy Spirit is prompting you or teaching you or encouraging you. And he goes on. Then, if you do that... If you walk by means of the Spirit, then you won't be doing what your flesh craves. The flesh wants you to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the Spirit wants. And the Spirit gives us the desires that are the opposite of what the flesh desires. These two forces are constantly fighting each other, so you are not free to carry out your good intentions. If you've been here at Crosspoint for any length of time, I've used a diagram. And I'm going to bring it back. And normally I would even stuff this in your bulletins. But I'd like you to look up on the screen and see the two circles. All right? Or the position and walk diagram. We have handouts for you again. It's in our lobby. If for some reason you didn't get one of these and you'd like to keep it, you can pick one up on the way out. But it's a little ironic that my brother is sitting in the audience today because actually, he's my brother and we grew up together. Yeah, some brothers do that, you know. We had the same dad and <laughs> we went to the same church. And honestly, if I ever got a tattoo, I'm kidding, I, maybe, but here's what would happen this would probably be my tattoo. I know, that's really a dumb tattoo. It'd probably be expensive, too. So we'll go there. But the idea is this. We need to understand this. When we come to faith, we immediately go into two circles. Play with me here, okay? It's it's not literal. But the top circle is your position circle. The Sop circle is your son's circle, your daughter's circle. Once you're part of God's family, you're always part of God's family. You cannot get out of that circle. But what we don't understand is there's a bottom circle. And we call that the walk. All right? And when Paul says, be filled with the Spirit, what he's saying is... Stay in the lower circle. Stay there. And you're there immediately when you come to faith. But what happens is there are times in our life, and sometimes multiple times, every day that we sin. And as soon as we sin, we break fellowship. We don't walk with God anymore. We're not in fellowship with God. We're living life in the flesh. We are walking and doing life without God's power, without God's authority. We're not filled with the Spirit. We're not walking with God. And so that's when life is hard. In fact, if you stay out a long time, you are getting more miserable and miserable and miserable. Because you are not drawing your power and strength from the Almighty God. So what happens is, when Paul literally says, be filled with the Spirit, he says this. What I want you to do is when you you sin, confess your sin right away. Because sin is the thing that brings us out of fellowship. But as soon as we confess our sin, 1 John 1, 9, we go back into that circle. And so literally, people who are sensitive might go in and out of fellowship, in and out of the Spirit's control, in and out of walking with God 20 times a day. And that'd be beautiful. But you know what the hard part is? So many of us don't do it multiple times a day. We sin. We run from God. We don't confess. We kind of do our own thing. We don't have respect. And we start living our lives without God. All right? Incapable of representing Him well anywhere that we go. And it can go on for a day. Or two days. Or for months. Or for years. Not connected with God. Sure. Sure. You're part of his family, but you're not enjoying the abundant life. You see, walking with the Spirit or being filled by the Spirit allows the Spirit of God to direct and empower believers to live lives pleasing to God and to do his will. Remember, at the very end, right before Jesus was crucified, in the last few chapters of John, He said that having the Holy Spirit was a perk. It was a good thing. You disciples don't get it. I know you want me to hang around forever. But you know what? When I'm here and in the flesh, there's only so much of me that can go around. But you know what? The Holy Spirit's going to come. And he's going to indwell every believer. And literally we know... His ministry is huge. In fact, if you remember, and in the Older Testament, before Jesus came, the relationship with the Holy Spirit was a little different, and we're not going to go into that. But one of the things I just want to say, if you read in Psalm 51, one of the greatest fears that David, King David had is, please don't take your spirit from me. I know what it is to live Walking with you, God. I know what it is. Please, please, whatever you do, don't do that. It was passionate. Well, the Holy Spirit, what does it do? It produces fruit in us. It changes us from the inside out. The Holy Spirit teaches and illuminates scriptures for us. It makes sense to us as we open up God's Word. The Holy Spirit guides us. The Holy Spirit assures us. Of our salvation. Wow. The Holy Spirit's around. So literally, if we are not controlled by the Spirit, we don't walk with God, we are not filled by the Spirit, we are living our lives apart. Apart. So when Paul writes in the beginning of chapter 5, imitate God, we throw our hands up. There's no way. You're right, there isn't any way in our flesh walking apart from God. Because we can't do it. But what we can do is when we are filled with the Spirit, when we live our lives and have confessed all of our known sin. We are immediately back in the walk. We are listening. We are being prompted. We are being guided. We are being convicted. It's amazing! And we're listening. And we're starting to imitate God wherever we go. It's a journey. We talk about it all the time here. And a mature person is one who spends more time in the lower circle than outside the lower circle. And that was Paul's prayer for the Ephesian church. Those mature believers so the message is so relevant to us as a church, because we all have a tendency to like being our own boss and going our own way and doing our own thing and not coming under anyone's authority, not much less God's. But God says, "I've got a great life for you. I've got abundant life for you. I have a mission." Wouldn't you join me? Won't you want to be salt and light? Your life will be so different. Just walk with me. Let's go back to Ephesians, chapter 5, verses 15 through 20. And let me read it again in this context as we go over some of these verses. So, Be careful how you live. Don't live like fools, but like those who are wise. Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what God wants you to do. Don't be drunk with wine, because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs among yourselves and making music to the Lord with your hearts. And give thanks for everything. And give thanks for everything to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. He starts off like this. Be careful how you live then. What you do is important. It's really critical that when you sin, when you go your own way, when the Holy Spirit convicts you of that, you confess it so you stay connected. You know, we're having an New Year coming up, Lord willing. And all kinds of things you want to change, maybe about yourself or about your house or about, I don't know, whatever. But one of the resolutions that you might look at is, is Lord, may I deal ruthlessly, more ruthlessly with all of my rebellion. Anytime I disobey you, would I confess it quickly? Any attitude that you show me, God? Would you, would you let me just confess it as sin so that I come back and walk with you in 2020 so very, very differently? Be careful how you live. In fact, he says, live wisely. We have a choice. We have a choice to obey God here. And basically what Paul says is this, the wise make the most of every opportunity. Some of your versions would be redeeming the time. So if you're listening to the Spirit, the Spirit will guide you and direct you and you'll be sensitive about your time. How much it's a gift. How important it is to use whatever God's given you. We talk often again here of investing the gift of time or treasure or talents. God's given us all that. If you're here today, He's given you today. And he says, hey, wise guys, they redeem the time. They don't waste the time. You say, well, Rick, does that mean I can't and I don't know what R&R is for you. I mean, it's hunting season for some of you, you know. And that's R&R. But I'm saying, what is it? How does God want you to spend your days? Do you spend the majority of them on you? Focusing on you? I don't know. We says, hey, wise People will listen to the Spirit. They'll redeem the time. They won't waste time. Secondly, the wise obey the Lord. Foolish don't. The wise listen to God. You know, kids listen to their parents. That's hard. And, and you know if you're a parent, you know. But all of us were kids at one time. One of the hardest things in the whole world is really have faith in an almighty God and listen to him, whatever he tells us to do in the scripture. Some of us get all bent out of shape because we don't know specifically maybe what God wants us to do or where to go or what to do in the future. Well, the scriptures have been beautifully written so that we might be able to understand all that God desires for each one of us. The wise listen, the foolish don't. The wise, they walk with God and they make music to the Lord. Sundays are amazing. It's a time we get to gather. It's a time we get to be fed together. But honestly, it's a time to praise and worship and sing to an amazing God. So it's the truth. I came in today, the band was practicing. And we came to one song and, and we pray together normally and we just talk about the morning and then we refine some things. But there were tears that just came to mind. I got all choked up. And I just said, I can't wait. I can't wait till we're singing this song together. It's amazing. And when we walk with God, there is something that, thank you, Lord. Thank you. I don't like what you're doing, but thank you. I don't like this situation, but thank you. God, my boss is, but thank you. My car looks, thank you. How come my daughter, thank you. Wow. And we get to make music and lastly the wise which already gave it away gives thanks for everything you know that's so hard isn't it don't we love to just talk about the blessings that God gives us that really benefit us and I don't think it's bad to thank God for all that but really, as you walk with God, what's you and what I learn is that the Spirit guides us at times in rough times. Have you noticed that? Sometimes it's our own stupidity that leads us to the rough times, but sometimes it's nothing to do with us. And what's so amazing, when we're filled, when we're walking with God, our perspective absolutely changes. A flat tire is not just inconvenient. I don't know what that actually means, but but it's not just inconvenient. The cancer. The and fill it in. Lord, I I don't what but you know God, I know you're a good good father. I know your character. I know you will walk with me through the dark valley. Or you could complain in the flesh. And it might even be righteous complaining. I'm not sure what righteous complaining is, but I don't know. You got... Ripped off, or (laughs) so. That's righteous complaining. Like, ah, it shouldn't happen to me. But wow, how different it is to do life filled with the Spirit. Let me wrap this up. Being filled is a choice, and it takes faith. But if you recognize as soon as your relationship is whole, as soon as you confess your sin, the Spirit is in control. If there's no sin in your life, you're walking with God. And that's so amazing, but it takes faith. Because again, our flesh looks out there and our ways sometimes look better than God's or maybe all the time looks better than God's. If I listen to God, if I obey God here, oh man, like are you going to come through God? And again, as you walk with God over and over, That's what's so beautiful about hanging out with someone that has walked, we've got for 20 years, or 40 years, or 60 years, and there's a glow, and there's a patience, and they look at you differently, and they spend their time differently, and they talk about different things. It's so cool. And that's what God, do, God is doing in every one of us as we walk with Him. He's changing us from the inside. That's why Paul says, hey, you, you bunch of mature believers, so many of you know God, know about God. Would you, you be filled with the Spirit? Because I need cross point and I need The church at Ephesus to be salt and light. You are my representatives. People hang out with you and say, I want that. How can you have joy in spite of this? How come your perspective is different? How come you receive the good and the bad and you say, Thank you? What are you, an idiot? But I want that. And that's what God is doing. Is He being filled motivates you and ignites you personally and as a church. That's what's cool. We're coming up at this point in our church's life to affirm leadership. To be able to look at those who are going to lead us in these next few months and years. One of the things that was so critical as we desire deeply to have leaders, not perfect leaders, you know that your pastor's not perfect, you know that, but leaders who are filled with the Holy Spirit, who spend time with God, who confess their sin relentlessly and ruthlessly. Because they want to walk with you, God. They not only want guidance and direction for their own life, but for this church, where we spend money. What is the budget to be? When do we hire? When do we... uh, We don't fire. Sometimes, I don't know. But those are all things we look at. And in Acts chapter 6, it was so cool. The church leaders at that moment were being overwhelmed with all of shall we say the ministries of the church and they needed to focus on prayer and the study of god's word so that they might be able to feed and encourage the people of the, the flocks. and so the holy spirit prompted them and says hey why don't you go pick some other folks But here's how I want you to pick them in Acts chapter 6. I want you to pick people who are well-respected, full of the Holy Spirit, and wise. Wow. That's a criteria. I want to have our leaders, I want to have our church grow in dependence on God and grow in being filled with the Spirit. So there's kindness and graciousness and compassion. None of that we would have by ourselves. Maybe a little spurt here and there. But that's why this letter's amazing. Paul says, do you understand what the church could be? Do you understand what kind of an army, what kind of an effect we can have right here? as we go out into the marketplace, into our neighborhoods. Oh, oh my word. It's so cool. May this be our church's reputation. May it grow more and more like this. And may each of our individuals, us, grow in that too. You know, we have so much to thank God for. what We do. And he has blessed us. Maybe we've got 10,000 reasons to do that. Let's pray. Father, you used the Apostle Paul in a dynamic way. He wrote from a prison cell. And he encouraged some believers to be filled, to walk with you. Lord, he knew their maturity. But but Lord, our tendency is not to walk with you. Our tendency is to do what we want in our timing. But God, you're changing us. You're changing the leaders here. You're changing the people here. We are being more and more responsive to you as we walk with you. And we just want to say thank you. We thank you for the gift of the Spirit. We thank you we're not living in a different time when we didn't have total access to the Holy Spirit. But today, Father, we know that at that very time we're saved, we're indwelt. And that the Spirit wants to direct and guide. And oh God, would we hear that? Would we acknowledge that? Would we want that? Would your Spirit be so abundantly active today, God? Would that happen? We'll trust you as individuals and as a church. In Jesus' precious name, Amen.